how you feeling. Greetings, everyone. Thank you for joining me again here on How You Feeling with Coco. I am, of course, Coco. Uh, today is Halloween, and I'm bringing you a special episode with two spooky tales. The first story I will be reading is called Selfies. It is a creepy little horror tale about the fate of a young woman who makes the mistake of a lifetime when she buys a new phone in the local mall. Stay tuned after this one for another story about sisters. So grab a drink, sit back, and relax, and enjoy the stories. Number 733. In one of the last pictures, I am running. I am running down the street, and it is dark, the street lamps are dim, and the lights ooze down sickly and yellow. I can feel my heart almost bursting in my chest. The taste of something sour and unpleasant in my mouth. I'm running as fast as I can. I have to get away. The moon is a sickle moon. Its cheek is pockmarked with acne scars. It looks down on me. It hangs overhead like a malformed knife. They're running behind me and they're gaining. They're not even running hard. They spread out around me. They match their pace to mine easily without effort. They whisper my name, Ellie, Ellie. Just ahead is the rusty iron gate to the old playground. I used to play on the swings when I was a little girl. They crowd me here. I don't know if kids still use the swings. I stumble through the gate and into the playground. I just have to keep running, but I take a picture then. I can't help it. I take a picture and it's just me and the gate and the sickle moon and no one at all behind me. I heard this story about a girl who went mad a few months ago. What girl? Her name was Ellie and she was in my year at school. I didn't see much of her after that until they found her dead at the bottom of an old playground down the street one night, a few months ago. Oh, I'm really sorry. It's all right. I really didn't know her well. It was funny. When I saw her, it was only for a moment before they zipped up her bag and took her away. It was her face. It was the scariest thing I'd ever seen, her face. Here, look. Just before they zipped her up, I took a photo. Look, that's disgusting. I didn't put it on Facebook or anything. Are those eyes? What is she doing with her mouth? I think she's screaming. She was still holding her phone when they found her, even though she was broken up pretty bad. My cousin Dan works in the lab and he said that there were thousands of pictures on her phone. Thousands and thousands. He said the police could construct the last few months almost moment by moment following the pictures. They were mostly selfies, but some of them were pretty weird. Dan said maybe someone photoshopped them. 
After a while, they didn't even make sense. That's pretty vain, though. I guess. You know what the really weird thing was, though? What? A couple of days later, I was in the supermarket, and I thought I saw her. She was standing in the aisle by the cereal shelves, and she was talking on her phone. She was holding a box of crunchy nuts. I had this really queasy feeling when I saw her. I mean, it couldn't be her, right? Then it was like, she knew I was standing there, and she turned and she gave me the smile. She had these uneven white teeth, and she had her hair in this sort of a fringe. She used to be really pretty, but when she turned, she looked directly at me, and it was her eyes. They were like eggshells without pupils or an iris. They were just entirely white and empty and flat, and she smiled. You're making it up. I had a can of Coke in my hand, and it fell down and burst open, and there was a mess. When I looked up again, she had disappeared. Did you pay for the Coke? Yeah, I paid for the Coke. They buried her a few days later. I didn't go to the funeral, though. I mean, like, like I said, I never really knew her at all. Number one. This is right after I buy the phone. The shop behind me has a sign that says previously owned. I don't know if that is the name or just a description, but it is accurate all the same. I'd gone to the mall just browsing. At the back of the lower level, all the way back, the shops turned dusty and dark. There's a baby clothes store that hasn't seen a baby in years, and a shop for vegan supplies, and a video store that's permanently shut. I'd noticed this particular shop before. I go in and it's filled with strange objects and all sorts of knickknacks. Weird clockwork devices and creepy voodoo dolls and paintings of grotesque creatures like something on the cover of a paperback. At first I don't see anyone in the shop, but then I hear a cough, and this weird old guy with long, horse-like face and pale, watery eyes appears behind the counter, almost like he'd just been somehow cut out of the shadows and given form and pushed into the light. And he coughs again and he says, can I help you, miss? I say, I'm just browsing. And I see his face frown in displeasure and it makes me feel uncomfortable. You're very pretty, he says suddenly. And I think I blush and I shrug a little awkwardly. No, no, really, he says. Thank you, I say. Here, he says. He brings me something out from behind the counter and it's so startling in the shop among all the old and dusty objects. It's a brand new phone. Do you have one, he says? A phone? A phone like this one. No, no, I say. I just have this old thing. Then take this one, he says, from me. You mean for free? No, he says, and looks at me like I'm dim. Of course not. I don't run a charity here. Oh, I mean, very cheap, he says. He pushes the phone at me aggressively. Take it, take it. He scares me. So I take it. But as soon as I hold the phone, I feel better. It feels so smooth and warm, and it fits snugly into my palm. I swipe across the screen, and the icons blink back at me. I barely hear that awful man when he says the price, and like a dream, I take some money out and I give it to him. He said I was pretty, but I guess I never thought of myself as pretty. I mean, I didn't give much thought one way or another. I step out of the shop and suddenly there is light around me and air. My finger itches. I hold up the phone in front of my face and I press the camera button. 
And it's like something in me wakes up for the first time and something inside me dies. I can't describe it. I don't need to. I press the button and there's the image instead. Number 736. In the last picture, I'm dead. Number 112. Funny thing is, I go back to the spot where the shop was a few days later and there's no sign of it. Here's me standing with a Cinnabon behind me. And the guy behind the counter said it's been there for the past year. In the picture, I'm biting my lip and looking worried. I had to keep clicking. I had to keep taking pictures. But the pictures were beginning to lie. Number 447. That was amazing, Ellie. Noah says. He looks hopped up or something. He gives me this beaming smile. I say, what are you talking about? I snap a picture. Me standing there looking vaguely irritated in his kitchen. He has petunias on the windowsill. I don't like the way the light catches them. They look ill and the sunlight is all blotchy. Last night, you were amazing, Noah says. I have never even... He blushes. Where did you learn to do that, he whispers. Comes close and puts his arm around me, and I can smell him, the smell of sweat and sex. And I push him away, and I feel the tears coming, even though I don't want them to. And I say, but I wasn't here last night, Noah. Don't you remember? I went to the movies with Shelley, and I stayed at her place. And he says, what? And his hands drop to his side, and then smiles, and he says, you're just fucking with me. And I burst into tears, and he stands there looking confused and then angry. And he comes to me again, and I push him away. And I run to the stairs to his bedroom, and I see the rumpled sheets, and pinned to the mirror a photo. It must have been taken last night and freshly printed. And I am posing for the camera, naked, one hand suggestively between my thighs, while the other is out of sight, holding the camera. In the picture, I am grinning into the camera, and my teeth are predator's teeth, and my eyes are... But there is nothing in my eyes. And I pull the photo from the mirror, and I tear it up into tiny pieces that fall to the floor at my feet. Number 73. Dinner with Mom and Dad and Noah. We're all smiling. Noah has his arm around me, and he's grinning stupidly into the camera, and so am I. I'm feeling like there's a fire inside of me, burning from the inside out, like light falling on a negative, and it's reaching everywhere. It's touching everything with light. Number 501. Me in front of the mirror, but the picture is all wrong. This is after I left Noah's place and gone home. I'm crying as I press the button. But the me in the mirror is smiling. Number 210. This photo is a little blurry because I was running. I'm on the street and a man is pursuing me. Number 209. Blurry as I turn away from the man who's still speaking. Number 208. He has a nervous, excited voice and he keeps shouting about my phone. We're both caught in the photo. And for a moment, his face is both almost erotically excited and incredibly terrified. Number 207. A man approaches me on the street, but he's not in the photo. He wants to buy my phone. I can't really understand what he's saying. He is tall and thin with straggly beard 
and he smells as though he hasn't washed for a few days. He says his name is Farnsworth and that he's a collector. He keeps asking me where I got my phone and do I know what it is. I tell him it's just a phone, but he doesn't really listen. He says something about mimic objects and parasite mechanics and things that look like other things. Dark chamber, he keeps saying. Dark chamber. A camera obscura. I don't know what any of it means. I start to turn away from him. I think, from the corner of my eye, I catch my reflection, standing on the street corner, only there is no mirror there. Number 600. There is someone standing outside my house under the street lamp, but I don't dare look. It's so quiet. It's so quiet and nothing moves. Nothing moves, but I know it's there. The silence is like a living thing or the echo of living things. It's like a dark chamber in my room and the only illumination comes from outside. The light presses against the curtains. Something is standing outside under the lamp. I pull back the corner of the curtain and I don't look out, but I take a picture. In the picture, something with my face is standing outside and it's looking back at me and it's smiling. Number 342. Someone had slipped an envelope under my door in the night and when I open it, I find a piece of paper inside, torn from a book. I'm holding it next to my face. My eyes are puffy. You can just about make out the letters. It says, The mad Jesuit, Father Alphonse, in the 16th century manuscript, Umbra Autum Extempore, first wrote of the curious properties of a certain kind of light, or rather shadow or shadows. It is unclear in view of sometimes contradictory translations. He wrote the manuscript while incarcerated in a monastery in the bogs of Scotland, where he was held for blasphemy for some several years. In it, he describes a device which he claimed to have constructed, a sort of optical instrument or camera obscura, that is to say a dark chamber for the capture of such anti-light or shadows, or possibly in some translations, notably the French Giroux manuscript of 1653, a soul. The mad Jesuit committed suicide, or perhaps was killed, the record is obscure, by falling from the top of the monastery to the bogs down below. How he made his way from the stout walls of the cellars that imprisoned him to the top, undetected, is unclear. Nor was there any sign of the device found after his death. Though he himself was eventually found and buried, for many months afterwards, local peasants reported the unsettling sight of a man answering Father Alphonse's description, being seen far and wide, sometimes in the midst of night and sometimes plainly in the height of day, but the figure never spoke, or if it had, none had recorded its words. I don't know what it means. It's gibberish. Number 655. It's blurry because my hand is shaking so much and you can't make anything out. Number 415. Farnsworth again. I point the phone at him and he shrieks and runs away before I could take his picture. So I take mine instead. 
number 416, and another, number 417, and another, number 418, and another, and with each one I feel better, or worse, like I'm being cut up into a lot of tiny little pieces, like bits of me are lost, like there is a me, and a me, and a me, and a me, and another. Number 12. Standing in the park in the sunshine with my new phone, and I'm so happy, and everything is going to be all right. Number 469. Me with a crying face, dark. I have red eyes. It's night, and I've just been woken. Farnsworth is outside shouting. An Ikiri is a spirit torn from your soul by a curse who now lives independently. In some cultures, they believe that every photo takes away a little bit of your soul. I'll pay you anything, he says. I hear a dog barking. Give it to me! His voice is so lonely and so desperate. Then the dog stops barking suddenly and Farnsworth gives a high-pitched shriek. I don't have to look outside to see what he sees. Number 652 outside the supermarket. Number 653. I go into the supermarket and I bump into another customer and I mumble, sorry. And then when I look just for a moment, she looks back at me and she smiles with my face. Number 654. My hand is shaking, a shot of me against supermarket shelves, shoppers pushing carts loaded with food and cans and cereal. One by one, they stop and raise their heads and look up at me. They smile with my face. They have no eyes. Someone whispers my name. Ellie. Ellie. I run. Number 729. In one of the last pictures I'm running, the road spreads out ahead of me and the sleeping suburban homes. The moonlight is sucked into the asphalt. I run, the only sound, the beating of blood in my head. The air is scented with jasmine. Ahead of me is the old playground where we used to play. I don't look back when I take a picture, but I know they're there. Hi everyone. If you've been enjoying our episodes, please consider supporting us. For as little as 99 cents a month, you'll be helping us create more of the content you love to listen to. Click the link located in every episode description to send your contribution. We are truly grateful. This second story is called Twisted Scary Secrets Between Two Sisters. Do you have a sister? Is she creepy? Let's find out. I've always been afraid of my little sister. I know, that sounds like I'm a pussy. Jackie is two years younger, and she's always been an introvert, but she sees things. Even now at 17, 
she is still tied to mom's apron strings, never leaves the house, and still sees things. Everyone thinks she's special. She's always told crazy stories, and when we were younger, she sometimes got me in trouble by telling our parents the most bizarre things about what she saw. She lied a lot. I was always innocent, and she had to try to drag me into it. Dad told me one day that she'd told him about an evil spirit in her room. Jackie would come down for breakfast in the morning with scratches on her back and face. She'd murmur to herself, and we could hear things like, Nasty demon. Mom was upset and took her to the doctors, who said that she was doing it to herself and was showing signs of schizophrenia. One time, Dad found bird beaks that were still dripping blood, scattered and left in strange places around the house. They were stuffed under cushions, inside coffee cups, and poking out of the air vents. He followed the trail of tiny feathers and drops of blood all the way back to Jackie's room. He went nuts that day. I remember hearing Mom and Dad fight over what to do about Jackie. They sat her down and asked her about the beaks. She shook her head violently, chirping like a bird, and screeching until they got the medicine down her throat. We were all so terrified of her. I kept my door locked at all times. When I started having nightmares and passing out every time something happened, Jackie was always standing there, staring at me with her pale green eyes. Her messy orange hair always creeped me out, but then she took the scissors to it and did a freaky hack job. I wondered if I would be next. Mom was worried that I was going insane too, but when I turned 18, I decided to move out with my boyfriend. I'll never forget that last day. When I was packing my bags and boxes, Jackie sidled up to me and handed me an envelope. She giggled and backed away as I opened it up. I froze. There were pictures she had drawn of me scratching her face and torturing animals. I looked up in confusion and saw her pointing at me with an evil grin. You're the one, Denise. You're the demon. You come to me at night, in your sleep. I didn't want to believe it, even though I did have problems with sleepwalking when I was a little girl. She whispered in my ear as I fought back the tears in disgust. Keep bringing me the baby birds, Denise. I like the crunch. If you don't, I'll tell, and you'll be taken away. I try to keep her happy, but now... My boyfriend wakes up with scratches all over him. Well, I hope you enjoyed those two stories. I certainly enjoyed reading them to you. Um, hope you all had a wonderful Halloween, full of candy and minimal mayhem. Please join me again next week. Uh, as always, every Monday, new episodes. Thank you all for your support. Continue listening. Please subscribe to the podcast and follow me on Instagram at howyoufeeling.ltw. Thanks again and have a wonderful day.